It's time for 41 is the Mike, a weekly Chiefs podcast with Nick Jacobs of KSHB 41 and Matt Derrick of Chiefs Digest. 41 is the Mike starts now. Welcome, everyone, to another victory edition of 41 is the Mike. I am Matt Derrick from Chiefs Digest. Alongside me is AFC Championship Game Enthusiast Nick Jacobs from KSHB 41. Nick, thoughts? How are you feeling after this one? I mean, we're getting in the swing of it at this point, six in a row. So just it's kind of become the norm, and I know that's not the norm. I know teams hope they can just get to one of them, let alone six consecutive ones. So, I mean, if you're upset about Mahomes not hitting his window – you're crazy because there's not many teams outside, you know, like outside of Tom Brady, there's not many teams that, and the 49ers recently, like, there's just not many teams that are that dominant to reach that point. Like Peyton Manning didn't have this continued level of success. And that's one of the best quarterbacks to ever play the football. One of the smartest quarterbacks ever to play the game. And just to get to two Super Bowls was big for him. So, I mean, like that's, that's something I just, I wish more people understood like, What's going on in this era? And something else I'd really enjoy not hearing anymore is any, any more Andy Reid retirement talk. That's me. But I, I mean, I, you know. Um, I after after today, I I've added another uh, name to my list. Uh, and I guess I shouldn't really bash any bash too many people specifically, but I'll just say this, Nick. There's a couple of people that work for a couple of you know websites. That I'm just going to say, if if you ever if they ever report anything about the Chiefs and individual players or coaches and people retiring, just never listen to them because it's all clickbait, unless it comes directly from their mouths. I mean, unless- I, I guess Andy Reid has to specifically say, "I am not retiring in 2024," or you know any of that. Type. He apparently has to specifically say that thing. Because this is two years of people chasing it now. I thought it was enough whenever he made the comment, oh, you know, I'm old, but I'm not that old. Like, I thought exactly. that was enough. I'm like, okay, that was enough. that's his way of saying it. How are you still doing this right now? I understand why you're doing it, but it's getting exhausting. So the biggest thing I'm rooting for this week is every coach gets hired so that it's done and over with, and we don't have to deal with that nonsense anymore. Because part of it is, like, hey, you want to know the fun fact? People can't interview people, most people in person until, you know, until Monday. Oh, hey, that's today. So, you know, yeah. like, that's why this process is taking so long. And, and, and you know, you, you cover the league. You know that. So, like, I mean, don't. Okay, you want to put articles like that? Okay, that's cool. Whatever. I, I don't know. I've just lost my patience with it because I keep seeing it. And it's like that. It's like that gnat that just won't go away. And you keep, you know, you're like, stop, dude. Like, literally, the. The, the moose should have told you on your way in here. <laughs> <laughs> and, and Travis Kelsey literally just told us he's not going anywhere. That he has no plans of retiring. I mean, he's thinking about it, sure, because he says I'm getting old. And you Oh, know, is that another know. thing that I haven't paid attention to that's happening? Yes. A former uh, NFL uh, reporter, which I would like to emphasize former NFL reporter, uh, um, said predicted that, that Travis Kelsey was retiring because apparently – she doesn't pay attention to what Travis Kelsey actually says. But we're not here to talk about that because we're here to talk about the AFC Championship. Chiefs are back, sixth time, and they did it. How, Nick? How how did the Chiefs win this game? Because last time I checked, the, the Buffalo Bills had the ball um, the entire game. Uh, 
the Chiefs did not have the ball. <laughs> so, so somehow they went up and down the field on this team. And I did not think that the Chiefs were going to win a game this postseason while losing the turnover battle. They lost the turnover battle today. They won. How in the world did the Chiefs win this game, Nick? Um, a little bit of luck. I'm not going to say that because there was a couple of times where in uh, playoffs of Chiefs past, um, they would have, you know, that McCole Hardman fumble would have been the difference. Um, the the Trent McDuffie almost interception that got dropped. Jamari Connor not falling on the on the football. Like all those things could have combined would have cost them. Um, in in Prima Holmes, you know, like that 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 would have any one of those plays would have been the end. Let alone all three of them happening in the same game. So like that that in itself, like that takes a little bit of luck for for those things not to burn you, but then also for that field goal kicker to miss wide right and to do it in a Buffalo Bills uniform in Buffalo. I feel bad for those fans on that front because boy, that that's like that's like Lynn Elliott type stuff here in Kansas City. And on top of it, that pain, boy, the Chiefs are becoming to the Bills what the Colts were to the Chiefs. Chiefs fans with loss after loss after loss. So every time you saw the Chiefs, you're like, well, all right, can't get over that hump. You know, so I mean, I you know, that's that's that part of it. Um but yeah, I mean, like I think defense made some really good adjustments in the second half to yeah. really start kind of limiting part of part of it. They made some big stuffs in the run there in the second half because the Bills had their number about how to run the ball, and then the Bills threw kept throwing those screens out in the flats because the way the Chiefs were you know taking away the deep pass, and then um, yeah, just those and the offense played so efficiently, like they they did a really good job balance balancing run and pass and. Did they have a couple of plays here and there where they could have used a more explosive receiver? Sure. And, you know, Rice, they were going to make sure that they limited in this game, and they did. And I'll show that later in the week, probably on Coach's film. But, like, I mean, all that combined, man, Travis Kelsey stepped up. NBS had a massive day with two catches. That doesn't, you know, I, I'm not saying that that's, hey, need him in 2024 type of thing. But he stepped up when he needed to to help himself if he does end up going into free agency next year. And that's not a bad thing. So, you know, that can give, you know, hopefully an, 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 a new home hope for the future. <laughs> um, but, like, hey, if you can get it out of, a, out of it now and get those catches to help you on a run, like, that's that's big. Yeah, you, you mentioned the adjustments, and clearly this was – of, of all the factors, probably the biggest. You know, in the first half, the the Bills rushed for 124 yards, which I uh, know where to put it. That's very bad. Um, yielded 5.6 yards per carry. Also very bad. In the second half, though, 58 yards, 3.4 yards a carry. That is a complete and total reversal. I mean, there is absolutely no doubt. And um, I'm, I'm going to be intrigued you know, when you do go through the film because Andy Reid talked after the game about, um, you know, uh, for Joe Cullen having the guys doing a different technique in the second half as far as trying to create separation and mm-hmm. uh, and, and being able to, you know, get away from the offensive line and, and, and be able to use their speed. Because the Chiefs in the second half really 
didn't blitz as much. I mean, it was mm-hmm. a, a lot of just four man fronts and, and then allowing them to drop more guys back in coverage to, and, and also just to be able to defend the run. I mean, I think that was another big part of just defending the run is that um, the chiefs were just kind of sitting back and waiting to pursue the football. And that's was a winning strategy in the second half. Um, but, you know, that's a big turnaround. I mean, for my first half to second half, as far as the run game goes, and that was to me, I mean, probably the deciding factor in this game. Yeah, no, that that was because it was getting them in really favorable down and distance. And then if Allen wanted to take off running, he could. If they want to do off tackle, they could. Cook had a pretty good game, better than I was hoping he would. Um, but yeah, no, I mean the the Bills really wanted to lean on the Chiefs, and they were able to for a while. And then that started falling apart. And then the Chiefs, they had them confused a lot in coverage. And I'm very intrigued to be able to watch the high 50 to see what all Steve Spagnuolo threw at him this week. Because there was times where Josh was holding that ball. And, I mean, people may argue and say, hey, the pass rush didn't get there. There was a certain level of contain they were playing. And there was a couple times where Wharton got out of position and Josh took advantage of it because he wasn't on the same level as the other rushers were. And, like, there was some other times where – Things fell apart, and the contain wasn't as crisp as it could have been. But I mean, it it rang true. Like uh, when I was on your, you know, whenever you're doing inactives earlier before the game, and as soon as you saw that back motion out, empty set, there was Josh getting ready to take off your run. So they still have a lot of predictability to them. It took the wider screen, wider super screens, a lot more than I anticipated, and just kind of use that the way that the Chiefs do, just to kind of use that as part of their run game. And then the Chiefs, boy, that defense, Chiefs defense had some really physical tackles, and and they a lot of those poor uh, Bills players, they took some hits there that they were they were hurting after. Yeah, and you know, and you talk about the the plays that that both ways. I mean, I think there were certainly some moments that the Bills would like to have back, and it probably cost them the game. And you know, and certainly the Chiefs had a couple of missed opportunities to improve upon their lead. I mean. Uh, McCall Hardman fumbling at the one, you know, that could have put the game away. Yeah. Um, potentially Andy Reid not challenging the the lateral that mm-hmm. looked like probably wasn't a lateral. Yeah. Uh, and no, not challenging. Yeah, it was a Ford pass. Not challenging that really led to, you know, Buffalo's first score. So mm-hmm. there were there were a lot of, you know, game changing plays in this one, but I one thing that really surprised me at least in the in the fourth quarter was that and I know that hey Buffalo was obviously going to be playing aggressive and the fake punt was a great yeah. example of that mm-hmm. um but they took a lot of chances in that fourth quarter and yeah. and certainly on that last drive I mean rather than trying to just continue to do what they were doing which was to drain the clock get closer maybe get closer in the field goal range maybe closer into you know scoring zone they took a couple of shots into the end zone, and maybe that was Josh. Maybe that's you know, maybe that's McDermott's attitude on that one. Maybe that's Joe Brady. But I mean, they swung for the fences, and I don't know if that was always the best call. Yeah. So, do you want me to get into my uh, my uh, my part of it here? Oh, go for it! Absolutely. Okay. So what I, what I'll say here is, if you look at a theme in the fourth quarter, and this is where the game went on both sides. There was a lot of people wanting to have that playoff memory and that playoff moment that defined that game. And each team was trying to outduel each other there a couple of times. So if you if you take take the Hamlin fake punt play, like 
you know, as I, as I put on Twitter at that moment, I was like, hey, I think they're going to fake punt here. I think it's dumb inside their own 50, but I think they're going to do it because it's they were starting to get desperate. And watching Josh there in his body language, he was starting to get a little frustrated. So they were trying to create that spark for him. And he wasn't running as much as he had been there in the first half. So you could tell he's getting a little frustrated. So then they try that fake punt. Chiefs do a good job stopping it. And I could really tell they were doing it whenever Hamlin went back and forth multiple times. And what a great story it would have been if, you know, you know, with what Hamlin gone through, if he's the guy who gives them that spark on that drive and really kind of sets them over the top to get that go-ahead score. So that was number one. And the second thing was obviously the McCole Hardman thing. He's trying to reach out because he wants to kind of essentially get redemption in part of his career and to stretch out and go that extra mile instead of protecting the ball and understanding down and distance and where the situation was. And let's be honest, it's year five. So he should know at this point, those, you know, it's not like a rookie who's had to be burned by it. And if that had been the defining moment, McCall would have went up with the Lynn Elliott level there with a lot of cheese fans overall. And that would have been, you know, that would have been the end of that. Um, then he helps them out, gets them back. <laughs> then when Chris Jones has that big play, knocks the ball out from Josh Allen, then, you know, Chamari Connor wants to pick it up instead of falling on it. You fall on it give it back to Mahomes. Let Mahomes make that magic. You fall on that football. Mahomes gets it. And you let him and Pacheco and Kelsey and, 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 and the offense take care of it and ice that game away. Don't take off running with the ball, trying to have that playoff moment. Fall on it, because there's a guy named 15 over there you want to get that ball to. And that was right there, and that was there for the taking, and that could have been the thing that really took the wind out of their sail right then and there. But they get the ball back, then Josh Allen here starts trying to play hero ball and starts chucking it deep and trying to take those plays because he's he's frustrated, he's not willing to dink and dunk, which is what teams were doing to Patrick Mahomes a couple years ago. And then that's where Josh is wanting to have his playoff moment so that he could define his legacy. And he started chucking it up there when he shouldn't have, instead of, like you said, doing what he should have. And then look, the field goal kicker didn't want to have the moment he had, but he did. And then that was the end of it. But I felt like that sequence of plays that I just mentioned, those were all those people wanting to have their hero moment instead of what was best for winning the game for their team. I could be wrong about it, but that's, that's what I took away watching the game live. And that, I, that's very intriguing to me because I, and I think you're absolutely right. I completely agree with you. And, and I think that that is that the comparison between these two quarterbacks in this game to me also illustrates that because I will say this. I mean, because I and I give I give Mahomes a ton of credit for this because I was fairly critical of him. I think early in the season, especially because I I felt that he did have a fair amount of ownership of some of the Chiefs' problems because he was trying to push the ball downfield, mm-hmm. and it became pretty obvious to a lot of us that that play wasn't there. That that just didn't have the weapons to be able to do that. The way the defenses were playing them, that option was not available. And and I don't think he was being very judicious in maybe the first, you know, 12 weeks of the season as far as, you know, doing that. Mm -hmm. Over the last month, I give Mahomes a ton of credit because he's been a game manager. I mean, he has accepted that role. He has accepted the fact that if he can get this offense to 25 points, they're going to win every game, as you've said, and you've noted repeatedly, because this defense isn't giving anybody 
any room to maneuver. And this was a great example today. I mean, you know, once again, Buffalo had a great first half, but this defense shuts them down. And in the second half and in that fourth quarter, Mahomes was just taking what was there. He was leaning on Pacheco. He's leaning on Kelsey. He's just leaning on the the short passing game and just moving the football. And what's Josh Allen doing? Josh is going for the home run. Mm-hmm. And you know, and and to the point. I mean, even though I'm talking about Mahomes not being you know super aggressive, he he was judicious. I mean, he took four shots downfield over 20 yards and 20 yards is, you know, I mean, Mahomes would rather, I think, take shots about 40 yards downfield, but in the NFL, anything over 20 yards is considered a deep shot. Mahomes was four or four on those balls. Josh Allen was zero, zero of four. Mm -hmm. And that uh, once again, was a big decider in this game. Yeah. And, and like you and I, when I was looking up beforehand, I mean, the Chiefs having eight explosive plays, like that's unheard of this year. For them to do that was a was a huge accomplishment. And the fact the Bills had none, like that, that's another big difference in this game is the Chiefs were able to come up with some chunk plays when it mattered and when they really needed them. And the Bills didn't. The Chiefs did a good job keeping a cap on the Bills really being able to be explosive and be able to do what they wanted to do. That led to that frustration and them really trying to push the ball there towards the end. Yeah, and notable to me also in the in the post game comments is that um, Mahomes and both Andy Reid both talked about a couple of throws that uh, Patrick made in the red zone. You know, one was the corner route to Kelsey uh, that you know was wasn't a very good throw. I mean, even if if Kelsey had been deeper in the end zone, I don't think there's any way he catches that ball. Mm-hmm. And I think there may have been another one to M- the M- yeah, there was yeah, another there was. The it was the same drive a couple plays later. I think they were, to, they were trying to attack the corners both times. Corners to the other end of the end zone and yeah. and and Mahomes was was bothered by the fact that he, he was angry that he missed both those throws and you know Reed, Reed pointed to it and and, he, and Patrick also pointed to it in his postgame presser. And, and but after that, I mean, the Chiefs were very efficient in the red zone. Um, they really, I mean, really got the job done. Um, once again, I mean, two of four in the red zone, not what they want, not what they're used to. But considering we've seen some games where they have six trips in the red zone, come away with six field goals. Um, those two touchdowns were critical. Yeah. First thing I'd like to say, get rid of the jet sweep. I don't want to see it anymore. I'm sorry. I cannot handle nobody's, it anymore. Nobody's falling for it. Like it's it's not it's not there. You don't have Tyreek on your team anymore. It's not going to work without his speed. Like that's there's no threat. There's nobody that can get the distance because of it. So stop it. Burn it from the playbook. I never want to see it again this 2023 season, and don't want to see it in 2024 either. Unless you're going to have, uh, you know, a guy just as fast as Tyreek, and that's very rare to find. And the guy who's the closest to it right now is currently playing in Baltimore as a rookie in Zay Flowers. So no thank you on that one. Um, so there's that. Second thing is the offensive line, like I've talked about before, let them double, let them double inside the 10 yard line. That's where you're going to get your answer. Even if you got to have the tight ends, I don't care. Or if you want to bring in extra offensive linemen, like the bills did at times do that too. Like, but at the end of the day, like that's, that's where the difference is going to come in, especially in the AFC championship game. Run it down their throat with Pacheco. If that's what you got to do, run it down their throat with Pacheco, and you bury it in from the ten. Like that's 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 what you're going to have to do. And so I, I just I think they need to accept part of that. But then another part of it is 
using a wide receiver at the running back spot and running, you know, towards the pylon. And no, I'm not talking jet sweep. I'm saying get it to the front pylon, let that be a threat. And maybe that opens up some of those corner routes a little bit, or just, just give yourself a chance. And, you know, and that, and that's another part of that to where I'd like to, I'd like to see that this upcoming week to really make a difference. If you do get to enough trips to the red zone, but I am very intrigued about what this game could be. And no matter if the chiefs win or lose, I think Baltimore is going to show Kansas city what they're going to need on this roster, whether they win or lose in 2024, where that, you know, where that separation's at or where that difference is, how close or how far away are they from it? I think Baltimore is going to give them a pretty accurate test on that. Yeah. And interesting. Another thing that, that Andy Reed said after the game was that, you know, that he had talked with Matt Nagy this week about this was going to be an empty out the playbook. This was going to be throwing everything at this game. And you and I talked about that leading up to it, that, you know, Chiefs had some stuff stored up for this game, you know, whereas Buffalo probably fired all their shots in the regular season contest. Chiefs were the ones that still had some ammunition and they they whipped out some things. Uh, I would like to point out that two of, I think, their most explosive plays that they had um, were Old school power football plays. Um, The full house backfield with Travis Kelsey Mm -hmm. (laughs) coming out of the backfield Mm -hmm. um, for the big play downfield was was a lot of fun to watch. I would love to be able to get. I I, I can't wait for the all twenty two on that one, so we can get your breakdown. Mm -hmm. But then they also had the big power, you know, toss outside run to Pacheco and they ran that a couple of times with pretty good results had a big gain on one of them that's just old school power football Nick yeah and with the Bills being as injured as they were and kind of having Ed Oliver be their key I mean that's this was the this was the week to run it the Ravens front's going to be a little bit different next week but it's going to be a lot different next week actually but um, look I mean the Chiefs like you said the Chiefs found their way back to the AFC Championship and like that's that's really where everybody should take the win this year because the roster they had collectively really had to grind and will themselves to that moment. And for the offense to put up the performance that they did is a tribute to every single one of them and to the coaching staff as well, that they stuck together and grinded through the season to get to the to get to that moment and put up enough firepower to where they were kind of the ones leading the way today and kind of helping pick up the defense at various points. Yeah, that's something that we haven't seen. I mean, I think I would probably say that, and I and I, I said something earlier to this effect earlier tonight in another interview, but I think it's, it's the case. I think you can say two things. One, this might have been the Chiefs' most complete game of the season. Yeah, yep. And yet at the same time say, you know what, they left too many plays on the field. Nope. So my, my, my next question is leading up to does, is this, was this performance tonight good enough to go into Baltimore next week? Or does this team need to take it up a notch? Whatever they got left, they're going to have to use on Baltimore because the, because the, because I mean, Lamar athletically there, there's going to be some opportunities with Lamar that I'm curious to see what Spagnolo throws at him. With what defenders they have out there, we'll see after we go through this week. Um, I mean, obviously, Baltimore's going to have an extra day rest, and they're not going to have to travel. So they'll have a little bit of the leg up. But, yeah, I 
The Ravens have a they're explosive a receiver, and they've got they've got some quality tight ends, and I think Andrew's going to try to push his way back this week. So I mean, there's there's a lot for the Chiefs' defense to have to defend. Chiefs' offense is going to have to crank it up even more than they did. They're going to have to be more precise than what they were this this week. And that's not me saying that. It's just like the level of competition they're going to go against in Baltimore next week is like they're they're going to have to have a performance we haven't seen yet this year on offense. And even that's still, you know, 50-50 on if that's going to push them to be able to get to the Super Bowl. But I still want to recognize what they have done this year and how they have willed themselves to that AFC championship game. That that deserves to be recognized because that's a tremendous accomplishment with kind of what they've ridden wave-wise this year. A, a tremendous accomplishment with what they've done. And, you know, and I mean, let, I'll give it to them, even though I think, you know, to a degree, it's kind of silly thinking about the Chiefs being an underdog and everything. But, you know, most people did not, based on their regular season and especially the way they finished the second half of the year, most critics did not think that this team was going to get back to the AFC championship game. So getting there to me does say a lot about this team. Yeah. And then, you know what else we don't have to hear about ever again, Patrick Holmes and his first road game away from Arrowhead in the postseason. How will he do? Can he handle the pressure? Can he do it? Don't I do just, that anymore. Guess what? I you want to know. I just appreciate that after he didn't say anything all week long, yeah. but after the game said what, what I was saying, which is that Patrick was like, well, you know, we played Tampa Bay in the Super Bowl in their own freaking stadium. So kind of a road game. So I know we talked about this earlier tonight, Nick, but technically it's, I get it, neutral field, but it wasn't, it was a home game for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So, well, all I'm all I'm gonna say about that <laughs> is, at the end of the day, there's a lot of people. If you listen to the national media throughout the morning, that were just doubting that the Chiefs would be able to hang in this game. That this is gonna be Josh Allen's moment. Had the patch, had the Peyton Manning and Tom Brady breakdown, and then you had the thing on Twitter that every time West Virginia, you know, Kansas loses at West Virginia the past couple of years, Chiefs are lost in the playoffs the next day. Guess what? Guess what happened, Matt? Patrick Mahomes happened. That's what happened. Patrick Mahomes came out and he busted it. Just to, just like last week when we talked about it. Patrick Mahomes came out there and he busted those busted those theories. You know what? Cuz that's what happens when there's something strange in the neighborhood, who are you going to call? It's 15. And he will be the buster of it. The playoff buster. Done. And for those and 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 for those that get to see our pregame show, Mackenzie Nelson caught up with the fan who obviously wanted to kind of talk about Taylor Swift and how she was going to be sad at the end of the game, whatever the heck he ended up saying, said the Bills are going to win by a billion and all that type of stuff. Like, I don't know, man. I mean, sorry. Sorry for you. But one thing that cannot go unrecognized, Matt, and I apologize, Jason Kelsey. I want to see more Jason Kelsey. I got a fever and the only prescription is more Jason Kelsey on camera. So, I mean, I'm sure Taylor would like to take a break from being on camera as much. Give it all to Jason. Let Jason and Kylie, the Kelsey family, 
be in that because watching Kylie behind Jason, Jason still had a shirt off when they were showing when they were showing Taylor that multiple the, times. That was the I best was like, part. He knows he can put a shirt on, right? He didn't have to keep it off. But for him <laughs> to celebrate that, like I mean, let's be honest, man. Like the Kelsey family is like the first football family these days. Like everybody yes. loves Jason, and, and I think most people love his mom and his dad. And now, and now Ed's becoming a star. Yeah, yeah, and then uh, Travis. Uh, you know, I think that's fifty-fifty, just because of how much they probably see him on TV these days. And that's not Travis's fault. And you know, you and I have known Travis for a while, and like that's like that's a, that you know that's a, he's a good dude. He's a really good person, and the guy gives everything that he has on the football field and. So I mean I'm I'm happy for the success the recognition the Kelsey family is getting for kind of just being good people in in the way that they have over the years but I'm sorry seeing Jason hanging out hanging out it made me think of that it made me think of that no scrub song when I saw it you, you know in, in their in their best you know in their best friend's suite hanging outside <laughs> trying to celebrate with me I don't know I'm sorry we'll work on it we'll workshop the TLC lyrics but Either way, man, just that that made my night seeing Jason Kelsey outside of outside the the window of the suite. And then you see Kylie Kelsey in the background. And like she's like, Well, that's that's Jason. <laughs> she knows better. Yeah. Yeah. Um, if you had told me on July first, or even on the opening day of training camp for the Chiefs back in July. Or after the Detroit Lions game. <laughs> Possibly, although even before, even at the Detroit Lions game, I guess things were starting to get weird. But you told me at some point five or six months ago that I would be watching a football game in which Taylor Swift would be cheering on the Chiefs and a shirtless Jason Kelsey would be behind her. I, I don't, I, I, I would have just accused you of being crazy there's just or, no way that that actually happened or kelsey's td celebration on the first corner route touchdown he's wide open on and a little little hand gesture he did a little heart yeah here's my question though about it nick what would have to happen for us to get you shirtless on the podcast oh buddy that that's never happening i'm just <laughs> i'm just gonna close that door right now i apologize in advance there's not enough money you could pay me to make that happen I mean, I will admit, I mean, I, I am on record as saying this, and we'll see if I get, I mean, I feel like I can pretty safely say I'll do it because it's not going to happen. Um, but I have said that if Missouri wins a national championship, I will streak through power and light. I don't think that's good. I mean, I think it's a fairly safe thing for me to say, though. So, but so you're going to be the personal here on the police scanner someday. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there and there is just there's no way that I'm going Will to jail for that. Will there be a car waiting for there. you nearby to, <laughs> to pick you up? I'm I'm guessing in that scenario I might even get a police escort. I mean, I can't imagine that there's a, a court in the land that would convict me. Well, man, at least not at least not in Missouri. <laughs> I don't I don't know how far how much further I can take. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't go streaking through downtown Overland Park if Missouri won a, a, a national championship, but. I think that would probably not be good for me, but I got nothing. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, let's start looking forward to next week because we, yeah. we we talked about a little bit about what the Chiefs would need to do, which I think we can safely say is this effort plus. They're going to need a little bit more against Baltimore, and they'll certainly need Patrick Mahomes. But injuries might be a concern. 
because yeah. Mike Edwards goes out with the concussion. Uh, Willie Gay tried to go with the neck injury that popped up on the injury report on Saturday morning, mm-hmm. tweaked it. You know, we'll see, you know, where he's at this week. Yeah. I think the bigger one to watch whenever I hear offensive linemen and, and Peck and Joe Tooney's name, associated with that that's even worse but um those pec injuries can be devastating for offensive linemen even even if it's a relatively minor and i very rarely hear of minor pec injuries nick but i mean i i've seen offensive linemen play through it but at the same time i've also seen offensive linemen turned into one-armed monsters i mean that seems like one that would definitely watch this week yeah whenever i whenever i saw joe Tooney go out with a pec injury and not come back in. I was I was not optimistic for next week already because Joe Tooney, I've seen that guy get rolled up on and I'm like and and play with a broken hand. So like I mean that guy plays through anything and for him to not be able to play through that like that that's got my antennas up significantly and they're probably I'm just already mentally preparing for Nick Allegretti to be at that spot. Um and that's just me, but yeah, no, I, and they'll probably have to use Kelly in a spot and they may need to bring up Austin Ryder from the practice squad. If, if it, if it's as bad as it, you know, may end up being, we'll see. But, um, yeah, I mean, I hope that's not the case, but I mean, Tooney plays through a lot of stuff and for him to not to play through that. I'm personally not expecting great news from it, but I hope I'm, in, I'm wrong, but we also know I'm incredibly pessimistic about everything. So like, you know, you just, let's hope that's, let's hope that's the case. But like my shirt indicates, you know, I'm a red flag, you know, you, you know, so that's, that's just the way that it goes. The the Jody Tooney injury is definitely a red flag for me. We will, we will see. And, and, you know, and, and obviously also tonight, I mean, I don't think there's any doubt, especially in that first half, I think you'd make the case that the Chiefs missed Derek Naughty tonight. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm not. I'm not going to dispute that because I, I think Pinnell did the best he could, and there. We'll see where Biggs is at, but I mean, at this point, I'm not expecting anything from Farrell. Like he's been here all year and enacted most of it, so I just you know we'll we'll see what happens. But yeah, they're boy, they got a they got a tough task next week against Baltimore. So yeah, it's. Yeah. Um, Injuries piled up for sure. And, and you know, with the, at this time of year in the postseason, you know, there's no – you can still only have the two practice squad players elevated per week, but there's no restriction on the number of times. So, you know, Mike Pinnell can be activated on the practice squad throughout. So if the Chiefs want to keep the door open for Derek Nottie returning to the Super Bowl, I mean, they can keep him on the roster and not put him on IR. The catch is that if you put Derek Nottie on IR, you are ending his season. There's there's no scenario, no mechanism where a player going on IR right now can come back. No. So, you know, that's, that creates a little interesting dilemma there for the Chiefs. You know, will they need that roster spot? We will see. Um, especially if Joe Tooney can't play, I think you certainly want to keep the option that he'd be available for the Super Bowl. So, I mean, there's some wait and see on some of these things with the Chiefs, but hopefully we'll see what word is on Tooney. But that's the one I think you're going to be watching most closely this week. Uh, any other parting thoughts from you, Nick, on putting a bow on this one? No, I, I think I think we've gotten most of it for the most part. I, I just I'm 
I'm still in shock, man. I mean, you it's know, a no good matter, shock. No, no matter how many, no matter how many playoff games they win, no matter what the situation is, you're always still expecting the bottom to drop out. No matter the fact they've been to six AFC champ, they're going to be at six AFC championships this week. I I still can't wrap my head around around that because the kicker of it is. I did a full screen earlier this week and I get to use it again. And I'm very excited about that. But just where Andy Reed and Patrick, primarily Andy in terms of part of the numbers, but Patrick's what made the numbers favorable. But the two of them since Andy, since two, since Andy got here in 2013. And then obviously I'm going to do, I, I'm going to see that run the numbers with Mahomes. But they're very, they are a conference championship win and a Super Bowl win away from doing the same as what Bilicek and Brady did from 13 to to almost 19. So, like, that's where I'm like, oh, my goodness. Like, I hope people understand since Andy Reid got here just where this is at right now and how much the Chiefs have really become what the Patriots were with Tom and Bilicek. Well, and and I I was looking at this earlier, and, and yeah. I want to bring it up. Um, Mahomes' first seven years in the league versus Tom Brady's first seven years in the league. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tom Brady went to four AFC championship games. Mahomes is now going to be in six. Right. Um, Mahomes has, and at least the Chiefs have been in the playoffs all seven years. Yeah. Of Mahomes is seven years in the league. Uh, the Patriots went to the playoffs five times in Brady's first seven years in the league. Um, they did win three Super Bowls. That's the one thing that they, they've got on the Chiefs right now. But if the Chiefs, you know, hey, if they make it and they won a Super Bowl this year, they would be equal or better than the Patriots were in all of Brady's first seven years in the league. I think you got to be pretty optimistic going forward. I mean, you know, but like you said, I mean, this is... I mean, clearly the best stretch uh, this franchise has ever been in. And I can speak, you know, hey, there's other older Chiefs fans than I am. You know, I talk to them all the time. Hey, they were there for 1971, the double overtime loss. That was the end of an era for Chiefs football back in the 60s and the AFL coming to an end. That was the end of an incredible run. But for, like, my generation, I mean, I know, I know, Nick, you were just a young pop. You probably don't even remember 1993 and how would you insult me like that joe montana how would you insult me like that because you're a young pup (laughs) doesn't mean i wasn't obsessive at that age with chiefs already (laughs) see i mean i I don't remember actually how old you are so i I keep envisioning that you were probably like three years old in 1993 (laughs) that's where another another one of those buster things happened night with mahomes is he went in and he and he righted the wrong of the 1993 afc championship game to where, you know, Mahomes went in there and delivered, and when and he, and dude, I'm not telling. I'm, I'll tell you this now. Now that the game's over, like all week, I was in the pessimist in me was just nervous. I'm like, man, with how cold it's going to be and that turf, I was like, is this going to be Joe Montana all over again? I was like, I cannot, I cannot have that happen. I can't have history repeat itself. And then what ends up happening in the, the night, the Bills have to deal with history repeating itself. With the with the field goal situation, and I'm like, oh my goodness, like what what world what charmed world are we living in? Can I should I buy a lottery ticket on Monday? 
Hey, I I mean, for 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 myself, I mean, until the Mahomes generation came along, you know, my lasting image and memory for my formative years growing up yeah. at the greatest moment in Chiefs history was scarred by Joe Montana holding his head in his hands, trying to remember what day it was since he had no clue after hitting that god-awful concrete turf in the old Buffalo Stadium. While Bruce Smith standing over him. And he wasn't yeah. doing an intimidating way. Like He was genuinely concerned about Joe because I, I went back and watched the game this week because I like that. That's something weird I like to do because – when I was young at that age, you don't, you're not looking at things the same way. You're just like, oh, there's a football. Um, but now, like, you're getting to watch some of that stuff. And it was cool because uh, Danon Hughes was in this week and he was in that game and he brought up one of his punts and we put it in the show this week. And the way he fielded that punt, he's like, man, if I had messed up that punt, you guys probably wouldn't have me in the studio right now because I wouldn't have played <laughs> as long as I did. And the ball, and he, and the ball bounced off the turf. Daniel was on his knees and he caught it. The ball came up and he caught it. And then somehow I think I can't remember if he got up and 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 ran a couple yards, but he did feel he filled the punt from his knees. And I I don't know how he did it, but yeah, no, it um, I don't know. It was it was cool. It was cool to see like you know because I've known Daniel for I don't even remember how long now, probably plus twenty plus years. But to kind of you know just see him in that moment at that time and you know someday I'm I was going to be working with him. As long as I have, just like this, I tell the same thing to Baldy and I told the same thing to Bill Moss. Like, you know, it's just cool. I, I, I watch them and, like, I get to work with them and learn football from them all those years. Like, I'm appreciative of all three of those guys. And, um, yeah, no, I mean, I, I went down a road. It was a scenic view. I apologize. We'll turn it right back into the podcast now. <laughs> now I'm right. Well, I'm right there with you, Nick, because I, I was a, let's see, I guess I would have been 22 for that game in 1993, that 1993 season. And uh, yeah, I watched the game with my dear friend, Greg Palermo, who lived across the hall from me at Wolpers Hall at the University of Missouri. Yeah. Uh, Greg hailing from Rochester, New York, and a, a dyed-in-the-wool Buffalo Bills fan. Heard from him tonight uh, because when the, the kick went wide right, um, that was obviously a very traumatic moment for Greg, and I had to send had to send my condolences because that is a tough way for a Bills fan to go down. And there's yeah. there's no doubt. I mean, you know, for hey, there were some definitely some Bills Mafia fans who deserve to probably be beaten with a stick because they were throwing snowballs and nonsense onto the field during the game. But for long suffering Bills fans, I feel for them because yeah. this is just the latest in a long series of tough punches that they've had to take. I don't disagree with you. And I know some of the things over the years I've thrown on the field when the Patriots have been out there and uh, even the Raiders don't throw those things out there. <laughs> so. And even, even, even though, I mean, even though Bill's fan can be entertaining, you know, with the jumping on the tables and lighting things on fire and everything like that, the snowball thing is definitely, you know, they must be guys who just moved there from Philadelphia. So I don't know. I don't know, Matt. I, I don't go that. I haven't been that far east in my life, so I couldn't tell you. But I'll, I'll trust whoever has opinions on it. 
Well, anybody who's made it to this point in the podcast, I appreciate you because I guess we took we did take a little detour there at the end. It's called the scenic route, Matt. It is the scenic route, and it's the scenic route to just remind you all of you how fortunate you really are to have this era of Chiefs football because it's pretty special. I mean, a sixth yeah. AFC championship game, and when your biggest complaint about it can be the fact that it's not at home like the other five. Yeah. Um, that's you're, you're complaining because your diamond shoes are too tight. That's that's pretty awesome thing to have. I so hate when that happens. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know you do, Nick. Any uh, parting thoughts? No, we wandered too much last time for my parting thoughts. So I just better, <laughs> I just better uh, just park it, put it in, put it in park right here. Well, next week after the Chiefs and Ravens have their battle in the AFC Championship game, we'll be. Back here to discuss it on 41 is the mic. Um, I'll be on Chiefs Digest YouTube on Tuesday night for our weekly Q&A. See if we can't maybe twist Nick into stopping by for a few minutes. You act like I don't show up every Tuesday. I know, but I don't want to I don't want to obligate you. It's your day off. Yeah, but I enjoy stuff like that. I man. know you yeah. do. You I know. You're a you are you are football through and through. If you're not if you're not talking about football, you're sleeping dreaming about football. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> so we will be in with you the rest of the week. As always, if you if you enjoy this, like it, hit the bell, I think is the thing that they say. Uh, subscribe to the podcast on, on either YouTube or all of your podcast channels, whether it's Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast. Subscribe, like, comment, all that fun stuff uh, to help people find the podcast. We certainly appreciate it. So with that, have a great week, everybody. I bid you adieu. You've been listening to 41 is the Mike, presented by KSHB 41, your home of the Chiefs and Chiefs Digest.